Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Edge of Comfort podcast. I'm your host, Lee Thornquist, and thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you are all enjoying yourself as much as possible, doing what you can to stay sane in these wild times and staying safe out there. Like most people, uh, life has been a little bit different these last few months. Um, I'm severely missing travel, and I'm just trying to make the most of the new reality that we are all living in. But, uh, you know, it's definitely been difficult, so I wish you all well and hope you're staying strong. Now, on today's episode, this is pretty much kind of like an action-after report of the Calendar Club challenge that I did in July. So I'm basically just going to share some insights and answer questions from you that you've submitted through Instagram um, about my experience doing this running challenge. Um, And if you don't know what the Calendar Club is, basically each day of the month, you run the amount of miles that correspond to that day of the month. So for example, on July 1st, I ran one mile. On July 2nd, two miles. On the 3rd, three miles. The 4th, four miles. So on and so on, all the way until 31 miles on July 31st. So the whole month, at least for a month with 31 days, adds up to 496 miles. Um, For me particularly, on the last day, I was feeling fantastic on a high like I've never felt before. And uh, I did an extra nine miles for fun to make it 40 for the day. So my total miles for the month was 505. And throughout the month, I did break up some of the runs, especially later on when the miles, you know, were 20, 21, 22 a day. Um, I'd break these up into two or three parts usually, but try to do as many as I could in one go. And we'll get into that more during some of these questions. And uh, just quick caveat for the month. I was furloughed, so I had plenty of time on my hands. This would be a lot different if I had to have a full-time job at the time. Um, You know, I might not be making this podcast. I don't know what would have happened. And I know there are people who have done this while working full-time, so it's definitely possible. But for me personally, it would have been much more challenging, much more draining. I don't know what would have happened, so I'm grateful for the time I had on my hands. And... I guess let's just kind of get right into the questions. Um, So I'll go through your questions. I actually got quite a lot, so thank you for submitting those. Um, And then I'll end with kind of my top three lessons or takeaways from the month. And uh, I guess just to start, I'll answer the most common question I've received, which is, why are you doing this challenge or why did you do this challenge? And this is a great question and one that I had to answer for myself before I even started. So basically, there were three reasons why I was doing this. You know, why are you going to try to run 496 miles in a month, try to destroy your body like this, all that? Um, So number one, if you followed my story or any of my podcasts or anything over the last one, two years, however long it's been, I'm always trying to challenge myself in new ways and kind of get out of my comfort zone and do things that I just previously thought would be impossible. So I wanted to do this to basically continue to challenge myself and see if I could do something that goes against many of the beliefs I've built up since I've started running and, you know, what's possible. Like, you know, very little recovery, 31 days in a row, insane weekly mileage. 
um, before this challenge, the most miles I've ever run in a week time frame was 61. And during these weeks, you know, I have one or two rest days. I'm breaking up the runs, you know, maybe have three days on, one day off, or four days on at most usually. Um, so before even started, before I even started doing 31 consecutive days just sounded super daunting. I mean, I did, had no idea how my body would respond, if it'd even be able to hold up, how it'd feel. Um, and, you know, looking at the breakdown of some of the weekly mileage, it just seemed unfathomable based on my previous training experience. I think the last seven-day stretch was 205 miles. So going from a 61-mile week to a 205-mile week, I honestly didn't know if I'd be able to complete it. So along with this, another one of the reasons was of all the running challenges and stuff I've done, this one by far seemed most scary to me. It seemed most unattainable, and it uh, yeah, like it just seemed scary shit to me, honestly. So I didn't want to shy away from that. I wanted to try some new things and see if it was even possible for me to complete this. And uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to go towards that fear. And then the final reason, and one that um, was probably most important to me, was to raise money and awareness for Ahmad Arbery and his family. Now, if you don't know who Ahmad Arbery is, or if the name kind of sounds familiar, um, I'll give a little bit of background, and uh, we'll go on from there. So, on February 23rd, 2020, around 1.15 p.m. in the afternoon, 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery was running near his home in Georgia when he was pursued and shot down in the middle of the street by Travis McMichael and his father, Gregory McMichael, who is an ex-cop for the county. Now, this, like I said, this happened in February of this year, and for 74 days after this, these two men walked freely through the streets, um, and there were a ton of articles by high-profile publications, the video showing the murder was released, and nationwide outrage followed. And finally, after these 74 days, these men were arrested and eventually indicted on charges of malice murder, felony murder, aggravated assault, and many other things. So, you know, while many people, including myself, are glad to see this, just in, this justice done, it's extremely disturbing that it took 74 days and national attention and outrage to even arrest these men. Um, so it was a reminder to me that, you know, we have to continue taking action and raising awareness and supporting victims of racial injustices that are happening throughout the country and have been happening for way too long. So, you know, this, this story really struck a chord with me um, because in the past two years, Running has become a huge part of my life and daily routine. Um, it's taught me many valuable life lessons. It's allowed me to grow as an individual. And it's brought me to destinations and cool places all throughout the world that I probably otherwise would not have gotten to. Um, and I really feel that everyone should have the same opportunities without fearing for their life simply because of the color of their skin, especially when it's doing something as simple and harmless as running. You know, I've run at all hours of the night, all hours of the day. I've never been concerned for my safety just because of my skin color. And this is a privilege that I hadn't really realized until recently was, like I said, a privilege. 
Um, so wanted to raise awareness around this and uh, hope that we can progress as a country and as individuals in understanding what's happening more and hopefully changing things for the better because it's been long enough. It's time for some changes. And I hope by doing this challenge and this podcast and everything else that uh, at least in keeping the momentum rolling and hopefully inspiring some other people to do some some similar things or some fundraisers or whatever they can to help make a difference. So throughout the month, I was doing this to raise money for an existing GoFundMe fundraiser, um, which was organized by one of Ahmad's friends. His name's Akeem Baker. What all the proceeds going to the family of Ahmad. Um, so let's get into some of the stats from this month, starting with the fundraiser. Because this, I think, of all, all the things that happened this month, this is, I think, what I'm most proud of. We were able to raise $3,441 in 31 days. Now, $3,100 of this was through Venmo donations. I was accepting them on Venmo, and then I donated all of that to the existing GoFundMe at the end of the month. And then 341 of these dollars were um, donated directly to the GoFundMe. So people would go on the GoFundMe, donate $50 or however much, and then send me a message saying, hey, I donated X amount, and I'd keep a tally of that. So 3441 for the month. That is awesome. Thank you to anyone and everyone who donated, whether it was $1, whether it was $50, whether it was $100. It truly made a difference. It means a lot. I, I could, my original goal was $1,000, which was broken in probably two days. Then it was $2,000. That was broken pretty quickly as well. I think in the last two days, we raised over $1,000. So it was incredible. It helped a lot. And uh, I hope that it will make a difference for the family of Ahmad Arbery because that was pretty insane and pretty special. So thank you all again. And if you would still like to donate, the I Run With Mod GoFundMe is still live. It's almost at $2 million since it's been set up. Um, I'll link the, um, the fundraiser in the blog post at edgeofcomfort.com. But also, if you just search on Google, I run with Maud GoFundMe, it'll be the first thing on there. It's set up by Akeem Baker. Yeah, you, you can find it easily. Um, so I encourage you to donate through that if you'd still like to. And again, thank you everyone for your generosity and help throughout the month and donations and sharing the message and all that good stuff. So stats for the running... Um, Total amount of runs for the month was 50 runs. Total miles, as I said previously, was 505 because of the extra nine miles on the last day. Um, it would have been 496. And then the total time of running was 87 hours and 51 minutes. And the total elevation gain was 5,507 feet. Not that special. Most of my runs were in Chicago, so, you know, I'm not climbing any major hills. And one of the crazier stats, for me at least, was that I did not cross the halfway point for total mileage in the month until the 22nd day. So 22nd day during one of my runs, I passed 248 miles, which means, what, in the last nine days I had 248 miles left. So that number was very daunting, um, but by that point I was still feeling well and was confident I'd get through it. But the last 10 days, I averaged over a marathon. So 
definitely uh, some heavy mileage, and this is where I, breaking up the runs became absolutely crucial. So that's that pretty much. I've got a lot of questions here, and I'm excited to answer them. And thank you for all submitting them. Um, I'd, uh, I had people submit these through my Instagram page, um, which was just at Lee Thornquist. I know I, I do have the Edge of Comfort Instagram as well, but not being able to travel in the last five, six months and everything else that's been happening, I just haven't been active on that. So if you want to see some videos and pictures and other stuff from the month, just check out my personal Instagram, just at Lee Thornquist. Um, so basically, we've got four categories of the questions. We've got physical, you know, stuff about the physicality, um, questions relating to mentality, a few questions on nutrition and diet, and then a few other questions that just didn't really fit into any of the boxes. And so I'll go through these, and then we'll end with the three lessons and overall takeaways from the month. All right, so let's start with the physical ones. going to take a sip of coffee real quick, and then we'll get into it. All righty. So... First question, how confident were you that you would complete this challenge? Were there any doubts, and if so, when? So, my confidence definitely changed throughout the month. I'd say before even starting, so let's say June 30th, I was probably about 80% confident I'd complete the challenge. Um, you know, I hadn't been running a ton of weekly mileage up to this point. Um, I was still in good running shape from my 50 miler earlier in the year, but it, I wasn't training for anything particular. And, um, you know, I really didn't know how my body would respond to little recovery and day after day and just the heavy mileage. So I was confident in my mentality and, and what I was expecting. I knew that, you know, if I needed to quit, I would. Um, I didn't feel any external pressure, even though I was raising money. And well, that's not true. I definitely felt some pressure on myself, and just you know, I didn't want to let people down who had donated. So um, I was confident, but definitely had some doubts. Um, probably by day, you know, fifteen, sixteen, my conf confidence level raised, probably closer to ninety-five percent. Um, you know unless there was some serious injury that had happened where I literally could not run, I was planning to finish it. And, you know, even if I had to walk most days, I I wanted to get it done. Um, so were there any doubts? <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely had my doubts. Um, I wouldn't say there was any particular moment where I was like, I don't think I can do this. There's no way. There, it was more kind of smaller doubts during runs when things were particularly tough or when I'd kind of get overwhelmed by how much I had left. You know, if I look, okay, I'm on day 16 and I still have 300 miles or whatever the number was, you know, that is when it would kind of seem more daunting. So kind of having to understand how much mileage you have left and think about the long game but still break each run up into day by day and really focus on that because if you focus on the big picture too much – and how much you have left, I think that's when it starts to get a little too much, and I would have doubted myself more. So, um, yeah, definitely had some doubts, but just tried to focus on the day-to-day -day and be smart about it, and uh, 
yeah, so pretty confident, had some doubts, but yeah, that's that. Next question for physicality. Um, what factored into the decisions to split runs up versus all in one go each day? Um, I'd say the main factors were, number one, my schedule and, you know, how many miles I had to do that day. So, for example, if I knew I had my my entire night was filled with something else or I had other responsibilities or things, then I'd probably try to figure or probably try to finish the run all in one go, usually in the morning. Um, but you know, if it, if I was on day twenty four, that would be a lot harder. So it was more so just trying to be smart about the amount of stress I was putting on my body. You know, I don't think I would have been able to do twenty three miles and twenty four miles and twenty five all in one go. I think my body would have taken much more beating. So, you know, I, early on, I could do most of them in one go up until, like, you know, 16 miles. And at that point, then, it was just I realized I was going to have to break it up just to give my body some recovery and just to be smarter about the stress I was putting on my body. Um, so I don't know if that really helped. There wasn't, like, any one factor. It was more just taking it day by day. You know, I didn't have a mapped out plan of how much I was going to run each day. Well, I mean, I did because whatever the day of the month was, but um, I didn't have a plan for splitting it up. It was just kind of like, how am I feeling today? Um, Do I think I can do it all in one go tomorrow or should I just break it up into two? Um, You know, I knew there were a few milestones where I knew I wanted to do it in one go, like the marathon day, uh, day 26. I knew I wanted to do one go. Um There were a few others where I just kind of wanted to get it done, like day 20. Um, And then, obviously, the last day. I actually did not plan to do the last day in one run. I was going to break it up into three. But once I started going, I just got in a groove and felt good and kept going. So, um, yeah, just more so on how I was feeling each day and what I had going on in my life. So, next question. How did you keep... Oh, so these are actually... I have two questions pretty similar. So for the people, if you um, if you submitted a question, first off, thank you. And second off, I, there were a few questions where um, I got... It was kind of the same one or same wording. So if you don't hear your question exactly how you worded it, it's probably just because there was another similar one and I didn't want to repeat. So um, these... These two questions are similar. So how did you keep your legs and muscles feeling fresh while increasing mileage? And similarly, how did you handle the muscle soreness and keep on going? So the short answer, at least for this challenge, was you, you don't, you, you couldn't keep them fr- feeling fresh. You know, it just kind of weighs on you after so long. Um, but I'd say the number one thing that helped was stretching. So after each run, I would stretch for at least 15 to 20 minutes, um, you know, and use a foam roller to roll out. Um, I have this other tool called the Sewrite, which um, is meant to uh, stretch your psoas muscle, which I encourage you to look up um, what that is. If you don't know what it is, it's spelled P-S-O-A-S, the psoas. Um, it's basically the muscle that, the only muscle that connects your, like, spine with your lower body and get super, super tight. 
Um, so that helped a lot with keeping that loose. Um, and then I think just eating right. So I think diet definitely played a, a, a role in this. I'll get into that later because we do have some questions about nutrition, but I was on a, I have been experimenting with kind of a plant-based vegan diet, so I think that definitely helped. And just stretching, you know, you have to be smart. You have to give your muscles time to relax when they can. Um, so, yeah, I would do a stretch session after each run and then definitely do another, like, 20 to 30-minute stretch session before going to bed and maybe one other throughout the day if I had the time and was feeling like it. So, yeah, I, I think stretching is the most important one for that. And just, you know, if something's feeling tight or feeling particularly weary, just focusing on that. Um, and also icing. I iced my knees pretty often just to... They weren't really hurting, but just more for a preventative. Um, and I guess for handling the muscle soreness, a lot of the times... My muscles were more sore when I wasn't running than when I was. Like, once I started running, they'd kind of loosen up, and I'd feel better after, like, three to three or four miles than I did in the first one or two. So just knowing that it was temporary, and as long as it wasn't a searing pain that would put hurt just to put pressure on, then just kind of toughen, toughening it up and going for it. Um, final question in the physical category what do you feel might be the long-term effects of that high of mileage in a short period of time? Uh, who? I don't know. I mean, I hope nothing too serious. Um, I mean, there could definitely be something that I'm not feeling right now or could have worn down a little more than usual um, in my knees or my hips or something else. So I don't really know, you know, there could definitely be some negative effects. Um, I hope not too serious. You know, like I said, I never, I was willing to quit if I ever felt like I was doing serious damage to myself. Um, I never really felt like that. So I'm hoping that my body was just up to a point where it was able to handle this. And um, yeah, I, sorry, I don't really have a better answer for that. I, you know, I, I hope it's nothing too serious at least in the negative sense. Um, positive effects, you know, it's definitely changed my perspective on some things and perception of what's possible. Um, yeah, I still definitely think recovery is important, but in a short period of time, you know, I've uh, scarily kind of proven that you can get through it without soup, a lot of recovery. But um, yeah, hopefully nothing too serious. So, but we'll see, I guess. Um, all right, so that's the physical category, and if you if you're listening to this and you have other questions that pop up or something I'm not answering, feel free to you know hop into my DMs on Instagram at Lee Thornquist. Contact me from the website Edge of Comfort or send me an email uh, Lee T at Edge of Comfort All right, quick breather, and then we'll get into the mental category. This is probably my favorite category, the mentality, because I, I don't know. I think mentality is more important than physicality, especially with something like this. Um, if I had to argue, I'd say mentality is probably 80% of the, uh, the factor of the success, and physicality is 20%, but uh, that could definitely be argued. And obviously, if I was going from zero to this, the physicality is going to be way more important. But 
in this case, I felt mentality was. All right, let's get into it. Uh, first question slash two, because they were similar. Um, what do you think about when running that long? And what thoughts were running through your head? Uh, everything from the most dumb thoughts possible to, like, thoughts that I maybe think are profound to a song stuck in my head. Just whatever pops into my head, you know? If there's a problem I'm dealing with, maybe I'm trying to figure that out. It's it's just random, you know? I don't usually set out with, like, okay, on this run I need to think about this or... You know, it just kind of pops in, whatever comes into my head. Uh, like I said, sometimes there were, I'd have like an hour thought in my head about, I had one, I remember one in particular, I thought about fear and how fear evolves as we evolve and as we grow and become different people, our fear kind of grows along with us. You know, if you think about what you were afraid of 10 years ago and now, you know, prob- that's probably not the same. What you th- feared 10 years ago is probably just you laugh at now. Hopefully, which means you've grown and conquered that fear, but our fear evolves with us. So, like, that was, I thought about that for a, a long run. Um, but then there was a run where I thought about, like, vegan mac and cheese or, like, I don't even know, just super dumb stuff that just popped into my head or, like, random ideas or... I mean, then there's other runs where I literally get, like, a two two sentences of a song stuck in my head and just repeat those, which is seems a little maddening, but for some reason it wasn't. Um, or if it's a particularly hard run, just repeating a few phrases in my head to get through it. Or So, yeah, it's just random. It's <laughs> Some are good th- thoughts... Or uh, more serious thoughts. Others are just stupid. Ooh, look at that tree. Or I don't know. It's it's all over the place. Um, so similarly, how did you overcome negative thoughts? This is a good question and one that I'm still pl- like still trying to figure out. From when I first started running seriously two years ago to now, I I feel like I've definitely improved with this, but uh. It, it takes time, no doubt. Um, but so for this month in particular, um, I it's you just have to try to like be conscious of when those thoughts enter and just like acknowledge them. Be like, ooh, I'm kind of in a negative loop right now. Or hey, you know, for the last two miles, I've just been thinking a lot about the pain I've been feeling or how hard this is or how much I don't want to be running right now or what I have going on later that I need to hurry up and get back to. Um, so just kind of acknowledging it and being like, all right, you know, what I need to get out of this. You know, what what do I need to do? Think about something positive or something you're grateful for. Or um, there are times where, you know, play one song. Or if you see someone running next to you, you know, get try to get out of your head. That, I think, for me is most important. Do what you can to get out of your head, whether that's paying attention to the landscape you're in or it's a little bit harder now with COVID, but trying to just, like, talk to someone on the path with you if there's people around, just saying, like, hey, like, how's your run going? Or, you know, what what miles are you doing today? Or where'd you run? Just trying to get out of your head, break the negative thought loop, 
and and just move past it because those those thoughts are going to pop up and it's more about just trying to break them early um but in particular i'd say one phrase i would repeat to myself often when negative thoughts came up or when i was feeling like the part i was at in the run was really difficult i would just keep repeating to myself like stay in the game stay in the game you know what I, what I'm feeling right now won't last forever. Um, just doing what I can to keep moving moving forward. Or I I would always say like constant for constant forward momentum. You know, even if I'm walking super slow or barely moving, just keep moving forward, keep going. This will pass. Um, and something that I've kind of come to understand more is I call call them the pain waves or like the pain and pleasure waves, throughout a long run, or even a short run, you get these waves of when it seems impossible, and you get these waves of when you're on cloud nine, feeling great, feeling like you could run at this pace forever. So understanding that these waves, they're going to show up, how they'll hang around, maybe for a little bit, maybe for a long time, but they will pass, you'll get through it. So, you know, times where you just, you just get in these pain waves and just say, all right, I got to ride this out. Maybe I got to go a little bit slower for a little, do what I can to get out of my head, you know, do whatever I can to find a little bit of motivation, get through this part, it'll pass, and I'll be okay. Um, so that that helped a lot with negative thoughts and just doing what you can to break the loop, get out of them, focus on something else, and move on. Because they're going to show up, you just got to learn to figure out what works for you to get rid of them. And that I only know at least for me, it just takes time, you know, I'm still working on it, I still have runs where most of the time I'm thinking bad stuff, and just, just got to get out there and do it, and figure it out, I wish there was an easier way, but I don't think there is, so, that's how it's worked for me, at least, all right, another coffee break, sorry, all right, um, two more questions in this mentality, or in this category how do you get past the mental barriers while running when you know you still have so long um so a lot of the stuff from my previous answer probably applies here as well but more specifically i'd say just breaking the run up into short goals or milestones so sometimes so say like on a 20 mile run on day 20 just breaking the run up into like short goals. So I think for the 20 mile run this month, I would do five miles on and then one mile of walking. So, you know, run five miles straight through, walk for one mile, run five miles, walk one mile. Um, and that helped just in like, you know, it, it doesn't feel as grand as a 20 mile run. You know, when you go out and you're on mile two, you're like, I still have 18 miles? Oh my gosh. Like, if you focus on that, it's going to be awful. You're going to have a miserable time. So breaking it up into these short goals. Okay, oh, I'm at mile two. All right, only three more left. Then I can walk. All right, walk for a mile. All right, let's do five more. And at the beginning, it seems, you know, you do five miles. You're like, all right, well, you know, why am I walking? This is too easy. But man, that last mile when you're walking, you are grateful for that. So definitely breaking things up, um, creating little milestones for yourself during that run. Um, and you know, it wasn't always a five mile run and then one mile walk. It was like, sometimes it was like, all right, there's a sign I see up there. Let's just get to that sign. 
and then we'll go from there. Um, or I'll walk a little bit until I get to that sign, and then we'll start running again. Um, so, yeah, just before you even start your run, you know, figure out a way to break it up and and uh, make it easier on your mentality and kind of framing it. You know, if it's weird. When you go out for a four-mile run, sometimes that feels super long and, like, you're never going to get through it. You know, you're at mile two and you're hurting and you're like, oh, my God, I'm only halfway and then if you try to do another four miles, that's going to feel like death because, you know, you were only going out for four miles. So knowing that, okay, I have 20 miles today, so your your mentality is instantly already diff- – it's framed differently, you know. You do four miles and you're like, okay, well, I'm still early on. I'm feeling good. So just the way you frame it in your mind makes a big difference. Um, and I don't know exactly – if that would work for everyone, but at least for me, that that seemed to help. Final question in the mentality category. After, oh wait, no, sorry, two more now. (laughs) Sorry. All right, after I finish a workout, a walk, or any kind of exercise, I'm excited to be done. How did you gear up for more? Um, well, I can definitely say when I'd finished each run, I was excited to be done as well, and getting ready for the next one, whether it was that day, in a few hours, or um, the following day, um, definitely took took some effort. So really, I'd say, at least for this month, it was more about like having a short-term memory. Like, say, all right day 18 I'm doing nine and nine so first nine I'd do finish I'd celebrate my victory and reflect on the run for like five to ten minutes you know all right was I going how how do I feel was I going too fast how is my heart rate do I think I could have gone a little faster you know what do I need to do to make this next nine better and then I'd so you know celebrate you know yeah okay I finished this nine. I'm happy how'd it go all right, now let's focus on the next one. You know, focus on recovery. What do I need to do to make sure I'm ready for the next run so I make sure I go out and I'm not feeling like absolute shit? So like I said earlier, do a stretch session, eat something good, fuel myself with whatever I need, and uh, just, yeah, short-term memory. Forget about what I've done that day. If I've already done 22 miles and I've still got six more, you know, just short-term memory. All right, six up, let's go just kind of forget that you've already done 22 and just keep moving forward. So um, I think that was best for gearing up. Just, I don't know. I've got a job to do. I've got to get it done. So let's do it. And final question. How much did you use a mod Arbery for motivation and inspiration? And how did you do it? Um, yeah, I mean, I used, I used the story of Ahmaud Arbery and, and what's been going on in America recently a lot. Um, like I mentioned in the intro, kind of, you know, running's a huge part of my life and it's a privilege that I didn't realize I, I had to be able to run out at any time of the day or night and not be worried. Um, so just kind of reflecting on some of that and, and, you know, what else we can do to, to change the game and, um, so yeah, I mean, I used it, used it a lot. Um, how did I do it? I don't, I don't really know. Just, just thought about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, and you know, having that as kind of an external thing and being able to raise the money and having a purpose greater than myself 
helped a lot. You know, I didn't I didn't want to let people down. People were donating money and and you know putting their trust in me to to get this done. And um, you know, I knew that in order to raise more money, I I had to get these runs done and complete the month. And so it definitely helped. And this was the first time I've done I've used something kind of greater than myself as motivation and, and, and inspiration for a challenge. So definitely helped a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously I wish I didn't have to use this story as motivation, but, um, it's just unfortunately the, uh, the state of America right now. And, and yeah, so, um, yeah. So moving on to the nutrition category, we only have three of these. So this one will go a little quicker. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned earlier, um, I have been experimenting with a vegan plant-based diet for, ooh, I guess it's been about eight months now. So definitely past the, uh, the growing pain stage, but still learning a lot. So, um, first question in this category, how much did diet and calorie planning contribute to the success of your body strength? Um, it's, it's tough to say a specific number or like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do this without my diet. I'm sure I would have been okay, but personally, I think the, the plant-based diet helped a lot. Um, it's, it's very focused on like anti-inflammatory foods and whole, whole foods, you know, not processed foods that, you know, you don't need a label for a lot of fresh produce and, um, just food that you know is good for you. You know, a lot of vegetables, a lot of grains, a lot of beans, a lot of fruits. Um, so I think personally that helped a lot. I can't say for sure. Um, I didn't really calorie plan. I just ate as much as I could during the day cause I knew I was burning a lot. Um, <laughs> like towards the last probably 10 days, I think I was burning at least 4,000 calories a day, if not more. So having to eat 6,000 calories or 7,000 calories, um, it was challenging. And I definitely did not do great with it at times. Uh, I guess I just didn't realize how demanding or how much I'd actually be burning, so it was hard to plan, but um, just... Yeah, I mean, nutrition is obviously a huge factor in doing something like this. So it helped. I think it was pretty crucial. Um, it worked, you know, my diet worked for me. I don't know if that worked for everyone. It might have been a little bit harder to get all the sufficient calories, but um, it worked out at least in the end. So definitely an, an important factor in any physical feat. Uh, how did you manage your calorie intake? So, I guess I'll walk through, so, well, okay, so I pretty much always did a run in the morning, whether that was eight miles, uh, or, sorry, let me correct myself, I always tried to do my longest run in the morning, whether that was all in one go, or if I was breaking my runs up, I would always try to get the most done in the morning. Just more, that was more so for mentality, just because then you look at the rest of the day and you're like, all right, I've done the hardest part. So after that run in the morning, I would make a giant smoothie filled with 
uh, almond milk, spinach, frozen fruit, which usually like berries and mango, um, oats, chia seeds, flax seed, an orange, a banana, and then uh, a spice called turmeric, which is supposed to help with inflammation, just like a quarter teaspoon of that. Um, I think that's it. Maybe some other stuff. Oh, yeah, probably some protein powder as well. There's this stuff called the Love and Peas. It's like a plant-based protein powder. So a scoop or two of that. Um, and I would drink that immediately after my run. So that definitely helped a lot just with refueling and replenishing the body after draining it and getting some calories in pretty easily. Um, then usually I'd eat something after that, whether that's a protein, no, 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 not protein bar, usually like, you know, peanut butter sandwich or avocado toast or something else that's good and getting some extra fat or some calories or carbs to fuel the run later. Um, and then beyond that, my lunches, especially later on, were usually a little bit smaller. I would try to eat enough so I'd be fueled properly for the next run, but not so much that I'd be overstuffed and like getting stomach cramps and hurting because I ate too much or ate the wrong thing. Um, and then dinners would usually be huge. I mean, especially, oh man, I would, it was an endless appetite. Um, I would probably make another protein smoothie with, you know, protein powder, banana, peanut butter, some spinach, and almond milk, and then have a giant dinner, whether that was making something for my own or eating out from like a Thai restaurant. I was definitely spending a lot of money this month on food and uh, just just eating until I'm full, which took a lot towards the end. But uh, yeah, so like I said, you know, I'm nutrition is one of the areas I think I, I lack a lot in doing challenges like this or for race days, and I'm trying to get better at. Um, but I think with this month, I did okay. I definitely lost probably at least 10 pounds. I mean, I'm already light to begin with. So by the end of the month, I was super skinny. So I definitely, you know, definitely could have been better with some of the calorie intake. But um, yeah, I, it's 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 tough when you're running this month or running this much. So or doing anything this much. So um, could have been better, but I think I did okay. And I guess oh, this is kind of the same question. How did you fuel your body before, during, and after a run? So. Before, you know, just depended on the time of day, whether it was some fruit in the morning, like a banana and some berries or, you know, just something to hydrate me. Uh, def oh, hydration. Can't forget about that. My God, drinking so much water, especially July in Chicago. Um, so hydration's key. I would bring a, I have a hydration pack and like a little vest that I would wear almost on every run over seven miles. So I'm drinking water during my runs. Um, and then after a run, some sort of smoothie to get extra calories and protein and, and that type of stuff. And then also after a run, um, I would usually, there's these little tablets called noon and U U N that are supposed to be good for hydration and don't have a ton of sugar and other crap, like some Gatorade and other sports drinks have. So I'd usually have one of those, um, either before a run or after, just depending on how I was feeling. But Man, even with all I was drinking and everything, it was still tough to stay hydrated. Um, but, yeah, a lot of smoothies, a lot of water, a lot of snacks throughout the day, and giant meals when I could. All right, final category. 
If you're still listening, thank you. I know this is a lot. I honestly was not expecting this many questions, but uh, it's fun, at least for me. I hope you're enjoying it too and getting something out of it. So I'm going to take a quick bathroom break, and I will be right back. Okay, we are back. All right, where were we? The other category. All right. (laughs) Oh, this first one's good. All right. What do you do when you have to take a shit during a 50-mile race? Good question, sir. Uh, No, that's a very valid question. Um, So, ideally, the race you're doing is organized well, and the people who put it together understand that people are going to have to poop during 50 miles. Um, So, you know... Any run like that has to has has to have aid stations set up along the way, so you hope that they have either porta potties or, you know, some sort of restroom available if you need to. But uh, you know, there's definitely times where, <laughs> I mean, at least for my 50 mile one in Monument Valley, you know, you're probably 10 to 15 miles at times from the nearest actual like porta potty or bathroom, and if uh, nature calls during that time. You, uh, you're getting off the trail, hopefully finding a little bit of a secluded spot, digging a little hole in the ground, and doing your business. And, uh, a lot of these races are, um, what's the word? Not self-sustained, but, um, basically, like, leave no trace. So, bring your own water, bottles, you know, no plastic cups, they're not providing any of that you know, where you're in these really cool places, so you don't want to leave a mess. So, you know, if you take a dump in the ground, you're supposed to actually, like, (laughs) this is gross, but you're supposed to just bury your poop and then take your tissues or whatever you use to wipe with you to throw away. Um, So, you know, bring a plastic baggie or something to make sure that it's safe. You can put them in there, put them in your pack, and Next garbage can you find, toss it. But, uh, yeah, not the most pretty thing, but it has to happen. And uh, everyone who's run on a trail or a long distance, yeah, not always the most fun thing, but you just got to do it. So that's how you do it. Um, What's your favorite music you listen to to get through a long run? So I actually don't listen to music. When I run, um, that's mostly due to I don't want to have to rely on something external for motivation. Um, I think, like, there's no doubt that music helps with any sort of exercise or, like, motivation. Um, Like, I, I did used to listen to music when I first started running. And, yeah, you know, if you don't listen to music for the first half of a run... Then you throw on some music that gets you pumped up, you know, you're feeling good, you're vibing, you're singing along, bobbing your head while you run, like, that's going to help you, it's going to distract you, it'll probably amp you up, you might have a faster pace, so I'm not saying music doesn't help, just personally, um, I just don't listen to it, because, like, kind of going back to how do you get through those negative thoughts, and the times when you're like, oh my god, I have so much running left, I've wanted to figure out a way to get through those internally you know without this external having to rely on something and and there are weird times when like music can work against you 
um, like if a song comes on that you hate, and you're like, oh, how'd this get in the shuffle? And then you're having to fumble with your phone or, you know, make sure you skip it or can kind of throw you off. And also, if you're running for, if you're doing an eight-hour run, like listening to music for eight hours is just as ex- exhausting. So um, I think it can be used smartly and sparingly. And um, like I said, I used to run with music. And so I guess I'll answer when I used to run. Um, just whatever gets you pumped up. So f- my favorite music was like, you know, e- some EDM type stuff, um, upbeat rap, uh, maybe some rock. You know, there's always some weird songs that just like kind of get you motivated. So have those on your playlist. Um, so h- the person who asked this question, I actually know you are a huge Odessa fan. And I will say there's times where I'll just throw in an Odessa album and maybe like take out some of the interludes or like songs I know are really slow or more melodic um, and just have that playing and you know that stuff definitely helps anything to help you so um, yeah sorry you know now I don't listen to music but when I do anything that gets you amped that'll do it all right last other question and then we'll get to the final part of this podcast and you can be on with your day what advice would you give to anyone undertaking an extreme physical and mental challenge? So, a few pieces of advice for this. Number one would be knowing your why extremely well and really putting this down and knowing it internally. So, what I mean by this, know your why. Why are you doing this? Like, I started this podcast with Number one question, one, you ask yourself, and two, you probably get asked, why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I trying to put my body through this and just drain myself day after day? So knowing your why, you have to know this before you start. Like even before you start training or getting into it, you know, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you're bored? Are you doing it because you're raising money for something? Are you doing it because you want to get in shape? Know your why, write it down, map it out, be able to answer that right away and make sure it's something strong enough that during those shitty times when everything seems to be going wrong, you're in a bad mindset and you're saying, why in the world am I doing this? I can just stop anytime. You can fall back on that answer and just say, yep, that's it. Let's keep going because it'll come up multiple times a day, multiple times a run, whatever. So know your why really ingrain it into your internal dialogue and self and maybe even put that out into the world or tell a few friends kind of like hold yourself more accountable um another piece of advice i'd say is this i mean just kind of comes with it but you got to put in the work that as simple as that there's no better way to build your confidence in yourself and your resilience um and just your belief that you can complete this through continuous and focused work. You know, if you're training for a half marathon, you, you just got to put in the work. You got to do what you can to build up that endurance, build up that your legs, um, and just your confidence in yourself and your belief. So, yeah, it's, it's simple. It sucks days, you know, when you've got 60-mile weeks, yeah, there's going to be runs that you don't want to do. You're going to have to make sacrifices. So just put in the work. Know your why. Know that this is why you're doing it. 
Um, another piece of advice I would say is try to test yourself or like mimic the ultimate challenge before the ultimate challenge. So for example, for this, this is easier when you have like a one-off event as opposed to this calendar club type thing. So for, for say for my 50 miler, I did a 50K, which is 31 miles, probably a month and a half before. So, you know, it's a way to put yourself in a similar environment. All right, you know, it's race day. You're waking up at 4.30. You know, what are you fueling yourself with? What are you putting in your body? Um, Is your pack ready to go? You know, you're dealing with these emotions and the adrenaline and having to get your number and strap it to your chest before the the start line and you know you're around 200 other people and trying to stay focused and excited and maybe you have a game plan you know running through that through your head and putting a little bit of pressure on yourself before your ultimate goal that's going to help a lot again one with just kind of testing yourself and building that confidence and belief that you can do something you're going to learn something from that even if it's something tiny like okay i need to make sure i bring an extra pair of socks in case it rains and i want to change out my shoes or my socks because they're soaking wet or um hey you know I, i was spending too much time at the aid station i need to figure out a way to get what i need and keep going because i don't want to waste 45 minutes at the aid station and have that tack on to my final time so just just a way, whatever it is, to put yourself in a similar environment before the final challenge or goal. Um, I think that will help a lot with whatever it is. And with running, that's pretty simple. With other feats, you know, it might be a little bit more challenging. But um, just, you know, if you're able to go to where the final event's being held, um, say, um, like, for some reason, karate is coming into my head. If you have a karate tournament, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but go to the place it's held, you know, understand the mats you're going to be using, maybe try to meet the judges, see what they're like. Um, just do what you need to do to get more comfortable with the final goal. Because if you go into that blind, it's possible, but it's going to be a lot more challenging. Um, two more piece of advice, I'd say. Depending on where you're at with your physicality or mentality or how comfortable you are with yourself staying accountable um just try to find others to train with or to keep you accountable it's a lot more fun running with other people than it is by yourself um i can attest to that after running a lot by myself even if it's you know i had people throughout the month join me just five six miles or even two miles or one mile like it helps having other people with you you know it kind of creates a different energy and earlier you know if you're in a negative thing you just you know hey how how are you feeling like tell me how your week was you can it's easier to get out of your head kind of distract yourself and focus on other stuff um so it's just way more fun with other people you know create a create a little group or support network and and with that you know try to have fun if you're going to dedicate three four months of your life to rigorous training or you know Saturday morning runs and having to sacrifice whatever you like to do Friday nights because you have to go to bed at 10. Whatever it is, you know, you got to figure out a way to make it fun. And it may take a little bit to figure out, you know, it might not be fun right away, but figure out what you need to do to make that fun. So that would be my advice. I'm sure there's some other stuff, but um, yeah, I think that's, that's enough for now. All right. So those are all the questions I received. I hope that that was useful to someone or 
at least fulfill your curiosity within your questions. Um, and like I said, if you have any more, reach out. Instagram at Lee Thornquist, email lee.tiaedgecomfort.com. And uh, let me know. You know, I'm, I'm always happy to answer some questions, and I can try to give some advice if you have something specific or something you're training for or, you know, whether it's one specific, uh, you know, I, I can't get past this distance or whatever. I can try to help, but um, like I said, you know, I'm, not, I'm no expert. These, this, all these answers are just based on my own experience, so take it how you want. If you think something will work for you, great experiment try it out if it doesn't ditch it move on to something else you know you just got to experiment so with that we will go to the final three lessons and overall takeaways from the month 505 miles 31 days what did i learn what did i learn a sip of water quick all right so the number one lesson and takeaway or the first one not the top one but the first one first one i think i took away from this month is that you just got to be relentless in your pursuit of moving forward no matter how slow or fast or small or big that movement is you know whether in business or running or whatever you just got to be super super dedicated to moving forward um, you know, there were many, many runs where I was just dying and I'm like, I want to be done so bad, but I got to keep going and whether I had to walk or whatever, just keep moving forward. That was one of the phrases I repeated in my head a lot, um, was constant forward momentum. Just keep going forward. No matter if I'm crawling, if I'm walking at 20 minute pace, whatever, just keep going forward. So that helped a lot. Um, and you know, it, at least in this, a lot of my runs were pretty slow pace, you know, just for me relatively. Um, you know, if I, if I was between 10 and 11 minute pace at the end, man, like that was great. And there were, t you know, I'd have 18 minute miles sometimes cause I'm walking the whole thing. Like you just have to kind of reframe your beliefs on pace when doing some longer runs like this or something like this just you know I know I can go out and run a seven minute mile but doing 10 mi 10 miles and knowing I have 11 that ne next day if I go out and do a seven minute pace for that I'm going to be dead the next day so just kind of being smart with my heart rate and knowing that if it's slow it's okay just keep moving forward so that's the first one be relentless in your pursuit of moving forward, no matter how slow or fast or small or big. The second one is, and this is actually a lesson that I had heard from this other guy called Chad Wright, C-H-A-D-D-W-R-I-G-H-T, Chad Wright. Um, he was on a podcast with this guy named Rich Roll, and he talks about the power of the spoken word, meaning when you s speak things out, you almost like speak it into existence and you believe it. And and with this, I will attack on the power of positive self-talk. So, you know, say you're on a 12-mile run. You know, you're on mile eight. It's getting hard. Maybe you've had a few miles of this negative self-talk loop. You're like, oh, my God, I can't get through this. It's so hot. It's so whatever. 
if you speak out, if you're saying, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, it's too hard, I need to walk, I need whatever, that's, that's what's going to happen. But if you say to yourself, all right, feeling a little rough right now, but, you know, I can keep going, I'm feeling okay, just, you know, I this the Chad Wright, he actually says, like, he'll just say things like, you know, I feel outstanding, I will never quit, I will, you know, I was built for this, things like that. And you say it enough, you say it with enough belief, and your body responds. It's kind of weird. So I, I really practiced this this month and really trying to focus on positive self-talk um, when those negative thoughts kind of popped in. And I, th- I think that made a huge, huge difference. It's kinda, it's, I know it's kind of tacky, kind of sounds like a little hoax, but practice it. You know, like, I mean, I was literally talking to myself on some of these runs and like getting weird looks, but just got to, got to yell things out to yourself. You know, I will never quit. Um, there were two phrases I repeated a lot in my head or out loud, I would say, um, and I actually got these from another person. Um, his name is Jesse Itzler, who was the, actually the original inspiration for doing this challenge. Um, but one of the phrases was when I push my body responds and my body was built for this. Um, so just, you know, when I push, when I'm going for more mileage day after day, my body's going to respond. It'll be okay. It'll hold up. I was designed to do this. I'll be all right. Things like that. It just, it seems small. It seems kind of dumb and tacky, but I, I'm a true believer that it makes all the difference. And, you know, I mean, just look at the reverse. If you're saying this is way too hard, my body's not going to hold up. I can't get through this. Guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get through it. Simple as that. So just focus on one or two phrases, one or two things that you know you might be falling short in with how you're talking to yourself. And just create, before you go out on these runs or these things where that negative loop can come in, create something for yourself to repeat, to say that you think will help you get through it. Say it out loud. Yell it if you need to. Whatever you need to do, just focus on that positive self-talk, the power of the spoken word, you know, how we talk to ourselves, what we say to ourselves, what we're thinking. I really think it makes all the difference. So that was the second lesson. And, uh, my third one and the final one, um, I guess if, if possible, it would be to incorporate something greater than yourself into your why for whatever challenge or endeavor you're doing. This was really the first time I've done something like that. You know, I, I've done a few 50Ks. I've done fifty that 50-miler. 50 um, and it's always just been for myself, I guess, you know, to challenge myself. And, and while this had elements of that, having the fundraiser as part of it and kind of that greater good beyond myself, I think really helped a lot and gave me some perspective and some motivation at times when I might have otherwise quit. Um, you know, especially later on when I've I've got two thousand dollars raised and I've got ten days to go, and you know, if if I needed to quit, I would have. But it just was kind of like, all right, you know, yeah, it's hard. I'm feeling a little rough, but I don't want to let one. I don't want to let myself down, but two, you know, I don't want to let anyone else down who's donated and who put their belief that I would complete this challenge. And um, and I think I said earlier, you know the more I run, the more days I'm out there doing this and, you know, posting on social media, the more chance someone who hasn't seen it may see it or someone will share and it'll reach some other people. And, um, 
those last two days raising almost a thousand, probably over a thousand dollars just because people are seeing like, holy shit, it's actually the end. He's getting there, you know, two more days. Like the, the messages I got with the donations are really cool. Like, Hey, keep it up. Or, Hey, we, I run with mod. We all run with mod. And, um, that was really cool to see. And especially that last day, I mean, my, my phone was blowing up with Venmo notifications. I was getting donations from people that, I, I haven't seen or talked to since high school from people I didn't even know who they were from friends of a friend of a friend who, so, who somehow saw a social media post or I don't even know. So, um, you know, that, that absolutely makes a difference and, uh, it's not always possible to incorporate into your why, but if possible, I'd say go for it, figure something out that maybe means a little to you and, you know, you have, have some stake in, um, and it'll definitely help, I believe. So there's a lot more that this, this month taught me and, and I learned. And I mean, I just, I don't even understand really fully how it was possible and how my body held up. Um, but I'm grateful it did. And it's changed a lot of what I thought about what what's possible, you know. 100 to 205 mile a week after only doing 60 mile a week, that seems... I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to me. So I don't know exactly what's next. I'm going to keep running. I've been biking a bit as well. Try to uh, give my knees a little bit of rest. And uh, continue being smart and stretching. And um, we'll see what's next. And if anyone has any ideas or races they are uh, fond of or ones they've done or seen, send them my way because I would love to get some ideas. Um, I mean, 2020, most races are canceled. So I don't know if I'll be able to do a particular, particular race. Um, I have been talking with a few friends about just doing our own hundred K sometime in October. So that would be 62 miles. Um, so that would probably need to start training for that now. Um, but so that might be, it might be a hundred K, you know, could maybe do another 50 K or two, or I don't know. We'll see. I don't feel any pressure or anything that, uh, need to do exactly, but yeah, we'll see. I guess that's it. I don't, I don't have a good signing off point. So I guess just thank you again, everyone, um, for all the support throughout the month, whether it was financial, whether it was mental, whether it was anything, um, it, it definitely helped. It definitely made a difference, and I really greatly, greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So thank you, and yeah, send this to anyone you think would appreciate it. Reach out if you have any more questions, and uh, I encourage you to try to do something challenging in your own life, you know, whatever that may be. It doesn't have to be something like this. It doesn't have to be related to running or related to exercise. It could be something with your personal life or relationships or business or career whatever it is can all be a little bit better even in crazy times like this so best of luck everyone stay safe enjoy and until next time hey feeling good like i should when in the walk around the neighborhood Feeling blessed, never stressed Got that sunshine on my Sunday best
better day despite the challenge All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it It's gonna get difficult to stand but hold your balance I just say whatever cause there is no way you're round it Everyone falls down sometimes But you just gotta know it'll all be fine It's okay Nothing works, you feel surrounded Gotta give your feet some gravity to get you grounded Keep good things inside your ears just like the waves and sound it And just say whatever cause there is no way you're grounded Everyone falls down sometimes But you just gotta know it'll all be fine It's okay Sunday best, hey, feeling good, like I should, winning the go